Oh, oh there's no place like so home still, for the holidays. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday morning in episode 131 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And also, welcome winter in Florida. Frost warnings and Gore-Tex is in our collective futures. So as you listen, you're going to wake up to the coldest day of the year so far, but... Do not let this attack on our flip-flop sensibility steal your joys. You look at the weather map of the <laughs> continental U.S. and remember the plight of our friends and loved ones whose probability of frostbite just quadrupled. We have much to be joyful for, my friends. <laughs> Very much to be joyful for. Last week was part one of our season's greeting series where we decided that our peace comes from the realization that Jesus has done it all. And that shapes our lives into journeys of peace that we can share this season and throughout the year to show others the meaning of true peace. If you've missed anything as far as the message or podcast episodes, if you're an Apple podcast, just swipe up and everything you need is there or hospitalchurch.org slash podcast. This week, season's greetings and we are in the joy. Not really the joy, it was just joy because we're not adding anything extra, it's just (laughs) the joy. It said in Luke 2.10, the angel declared great joy for everyone. How do we recover a sense of joy, and how might followers of Jesus become an increasingly joy-filled people? Jeez, that sounds like a tall order, Andy. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. And as I was thinking about each of these beforehand, I've just been trying to write down little bits and pieces of maybe observations or just things Mm -hmm. I think I think about this topic and joy. What I wrote down before I heard the message, when I first saw what order these were coming in, and I wrote down, joy can be as elusive as anything we might chase after in this life. Possibly this comes from so many different areas that can bring us joy that it's tough to focus on one or maybe even a few of those things. How we choose what will make us most or even mainly happy may be the key. The more we chase, the more we find ourselves so busy that if we do find the what and the most... We have no time to actually enjoy our joy. (laughs) And you said early on, Andy, worry is the most vicious thief of our joy, and it is pernicious. The expertise of worry at stealing joy is that it really doesn't matter what the focus of the worry is. Any worry will do. (laughs) If you just look up the basic definition, I mean, we all know what worry means, but... If it's a verb, it's give away to anxiety or unease, allowing one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles, or a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or, and my favorite, potential problems. We spend more time on potential problems than we do on real ones, (laughs) that's for sure. Or ones that are over. You know, oh. we worry about ones that haven't happened that may never happen and worry about things that are in the past that we can do nothing about. It's just really a lot of wasted mental energy. And I get the potential problems. I mean, that's in a way we like to ration that out. Well, I'm just trying to be a prepared. good planner, yeah. trying to be prepared. I'm trying to steer away from the most <laughs> difficult of circumstances and keep a good path. And that's going to benefit me because I'm going to be happier and my walk with God's going to be better. But the idea that we allow anxiety and unhappiness at times at the extremes to over these potential or even the back ones where you can't go and repair it. Well, there's planning, and then there's creating 
negative outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what? We can create negative outcomes, Jeff? Well, that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Rory, Rory can do that. Yeah, you just get to the point where you start to think, oh, that's not going to work, and that's not going to work, or or that's going to happen this way. And mm. that's, that's, I think that's the downfall of worrying is, is when we create these negative sides to our future planning. And I don't know how other people's worry works, but I know that for me, when I find myself worrying, which... <laughs> Not a whole bunch. I was going to say, but I don't think I remember you worrying. I don't think Andy worries. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, my family can, says I don't worry enough. Uh, but if I find myself if I find myself what worrying. What does that say about you, Andy? If I find myself worrying, the mode it takes in my life, who I would not consider to be a worrying person, is jumping from subject to subject to subject to subject. So as my plate gets more full than is probably healthy, the manner of my worrying is not that I just wallow in worrying about something. I'll say, oh, man, I've got this, and, I, and how's that going to get solved? And I've got this, and how's that going to get solved? And i got this, and how's it going to get solved? So I, my worrying is not this sinking down to enjoy something to worry about. <laughs> it's, it's bopping from thing to thing to thing, and I have to make myself stop going to the next thing and really spend some time on things that start start fixing it, or, you know. So that's a good case study. You could actually be a good case study for this because <laughs> I don't remember you worrying a lot I about don't things. Worry a lot. So you're saying this jumping from one to the next. So let me ask. So you. when my mind worry would for me would be almost a blessing to slow down <laughs> my mind and worry about one thing. But what happens when when I start getting concerned about one thing is I jump to the next thing I have to concern about, and then the next thing I have to be concerned about. So. <laughs> So you never really get time. I, I get, I, <laughs> no, but I get trapped in this vortex of all the things that aren't done. That right. I, so right. my manner of fixing it is to stop changing lanes, stop changing subjects, and stick with one until I've done some processing. Well, that is interesting. So now we should bring this out to our audience out there. Does that take away joy, too? You know, does that rob you of joy, too? Yeah. Getting on that spinning wheel can rob me of joy as well. I go back to some sanity by just picking one thing and sticking with it for a little bit. Once I'm on one thing, I don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. I start doing something about it, fixing it, thinking about it, managing it. For me, it's not... I never... This is not a psychology session for me. But, uh, <laughs> I never... Lay down on the couch. Yeah, I never sit around and really ponder negativity and worry about the future kind uh, of thing. You know that. Yeah, I know that. I'm just wondering about the joy, <laughs> if that ever comes. Yeah, I have joy a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting, Stanton Reed, who was our host this week, asked me, what brings you joy Yeah, in the lobby? Right. And I'm like, well, hey, I'm the one speaking, not you. <laughs> you know? And I thought for a moment, and then I realized it's completed or finished things. Oh, that's okay. such a man answer, isn't and, it? Well, no, it's interesting because <laughs> I immediately then said, so let's take this to spirituality. And the one of the things that settles me so significantly into grace and salvation being God's work, not mine, and that's where I get joy. It's a finished done. It's a done, finished thing. So funerals uh, should bring you luck. I, I, I enjoy a good funeral. <laughs> I really do enjoy a good funeral. It's a They're spring. done. We're good. Yeah, we're all okay. It's going to be all right. So if you need a funeral, to, to, if you need someone to officiate a funeral that with a smile on their face. I can do it. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Andy's your guy. Awesome. Sounds good. You know, as Christians... We have prophecy fulfilled in this story of joy that we talked about this week in that Jesus was sent to this earth as the plan of salvation Mm -hmm. to redeem us to God. So why doesn't that prophecy being fulfilled in his arrival 
And therefore, we could maybe extrapolate the assurance that his second coming will likewise be fulfilled in taking us home to heaven, in the new heaven, the new earth, all the good things that come with this eternity. Why doesn't that insulate us from all of the worry, the anxiety, and that day-to-day when we really look forward that far, or are we not able to push it out that far? I think when we give intentional thought to that, it does bring us joy. Our danger is the distraction. Uh, I said the second biggest robber of joy is busyness. Mm -hmm. And my my mental wheel that I just talked about is is a form of busyness. Sure. It's it's a busy mind versus a settled mind. But it's interesting how comforting, we just talked about funerals, but how comforting at a funeral when you read those texts about the second coming, you read those texts about don't Mm. weep as those who have no hope and, you know, that nothing can separate you from God's love and he's going to come back. And it's amazing you can almost sometimes reading those texts palpably feel a change of grief in the congregation. It's almost like a sigh of, okay, yeah, this is bad, but it's going to be good. Um, I mean, that's an interesting thought. I, I think we get so caught up in what we think we need to do to prepare. Hmm. Again, going back to the hmm. worry, and, and that causes us to think about, oh, the second coming's coming. It's like, oh, I gotta go <laughs> get, I gotta get the house clean. I got guests <laughs> coming. Oh, you know, I got all sure. these. It's sort of like that. And rather than, you know, I think about Christ when he says these things, I think he's actually saying them like he's saying them to Mary, hey, I'm coming over to your house. Rather than getting it cleaned up for me, sure. Be why with don't me. you meet me? You know, yeah. as we walk over to your house, I don't know. I'm just thinking yeah. from that standpoint, and I think that's sort of the idea: is is we have this either it's a sense of how can I prepare so that I I look really good for when he comes, as if we could do anything. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really interesting that Richard Foster's organization, Renovar, has done a whole Bible called the, the God with me kind of, it's a book called God with me with the Bible thinking about the same way that he believes all of scripture is God saying, I want to be with you mm-hmm. and asking, will you be with me? Hmm. And when we think about the Bible stories in that light, like you say, Jesus is not saying, Hey Mary, can you perform for me? Mm-hmm. He's saying, can you be with me? Yeah. And think about some of your most joyous moments. It probably has to do with being with people. Yeah, um, sure. And God invites us to be with him. He comes here, Emmanuel, God with us. Not to get Christmassy on you or anything. No, that's true. I mean, we were, <laughs> I mean, it's really, I, mean, yeah, I know right. you got a, th- a no, question, no. but it, that's a really important piece is that, you know, we always have this idea that God's coming to get us, but he said he's, he's here now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so we have this picture of he's coming in the future, but we have to realize that he's actually here while we're waiting for him to come pick us up. <laughs> that doesn't get <laughs> stressed. That, that doesn't get stressed enough. I think, I think it, cause it's <laughs> yeah. easy to forget because you're constantly on that other, mm-hmm. yeah. that other vision, but you're right. Well, and I was just going to say the best stories and the best times that you have in your life. We were home in Wisconsin in August for my mom and my brother's birthdays on the same day. And My friend said, man, if you could come over to see me, you know, I haven't seen you in, I don't know what it's been, maybe 10 years. And we were inseparable back in the day. We owned a business together and lots of crazy, crazy stories from way, way back. And we found the address. We drove over there, knocked on the door. There were no vehicles outside. And this woman opens the door who was not his wife and she was helping them move. She looked at me. I've never met this woman. She's like, you're Randy, right? And I said, what? 
You're and the- I have a message for you. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, no, no. I can tell by your face. You're the, you're the Randy from the stories. She's like, you're story Why? Randy. And I'm like, story Randy. She's like, oh, man. All of Joe's best stories start with when Randy and I. And she's like, and they just get better every time. The, every new story is better than the last one. And when you said that, it reminded me of that because, you know, we joked and laughed about some of the dumb things we had done and some of the best memories. But when you really stop and think about it, it's true. Most of those times when you just let everything else go, you can remember that day. And you weren't thinking about anything else that day. No. And during that time, other than being in the moment mm-hmm. and having that whatever you were doing and just enjoying right. it to the full. Yeah. I think we miss that a lot. And just like you talked about what happens in your mind. Yeah. I think today our society forces us to be the, quote, star player. I'm over here. 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 And when you connect yeah. all the dots, you've got this huge star with 100 points on it. And in the middle, you're like, I didn't get one of those things accomplished today. <laughs> Nothing actually got, I mean, I got, I made progress, yeah. but I never finished one. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people can relate to the worry in that way. And I think the the robbing of the joy, I liked where you quoted Eugene Patterson regarding how much joy we should encounter as disciples of Jesus. And he wrote, one of the delightful discoveries along the way of Christian discipleship is how much enjoyment there is, how much laughter you hear, how much sheer fun you find. And we all know that the power of sin in our world, and there's going to be plenty of days that our joy, no matter how deeply solidified in Jesus, it's going to steal our joy and leave us worry and anxiety in its place. Well, we know that to be to be true. But how do we prepare for those days so that they're just that? They're just days. They're not weeks. <laughs> and heaven help us if they're months or the people that you know that have had this so much worry and anxiety. It's been their lifelong personality. It's just they have to worry or they feel like they're not somehow doing their part mm-hmm. about something. If there's not something to worry about, what shall I do? It's just a... Uh, It's a broken record answer, I'm afraid. But if we can keep remembering that Christ has reconciled all things unto himself. Unto himself. Everything. Yeah. All things in heaven and on earth, the scripture says. If that's the case, if everything's been reconciled, if we can keep that in our head, it should definitely reduce the worry stress for sure. I want to handle this from, I want to answer that question because it's a great question. Andy and I were talking about this last week, actually, that I think, uh, you know, anger is a useless emotion. I, and I've grown up with that idea. But it's not. It's a very useful emotion, and it's something that can actually provide help. I love anger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but known to be angry. But, uh, but anxiety oh, and worry, these are all emotions, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the problem is we attach so many things to them. Oh, yeah. Just like I attach some things to anger, and I moralize it, and I then create its uselessness. But in actuality, there's some use. There's actually some use to worry. And but, Sure. But just like the Bible says, there's a season and there's a time, and we have to realize that these emotions are not permanent. Yeah. That they are not meant to be here for a long time. So we need to realize that when we start to attach things to them, gotcha. that we're creating anchors to keep them there. Because worry is good for us. In some ways, it lets us know that we are engaged in a situation that, you know, could have ramifications or people. But it's it's a temporary emotion. It should stay temporary. temporary. temporary, I like that. I like that. Well, I want to get to one of our FHC takeaways a little bit earlier than normal this week. And it asks, looking back at your own life journey, what can you see that God has gotten you through and how can that give you hope? And our perspective may be the most difficult thing for us to be reasonable with. 
because it seems that our perspective is influenced and shaped by the minute with are always plugged in like we talked about <laughs> in our society. There's always something going on, something to engage with. But looking back and looking back to God's victories in our lives may be the most important thing to keep that perspective hopeful and firm about present and future. So anything that you can look back at on your journey that stands out, maybe something positive that happened or negative that happened that left you with something positive to take away that God brought you through. You, you saw it. Maybe there was worry. Maybe there was anxiety. And maybe it wasn't a just, oh, God, I prayed and it was fixed. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a long thing. Anything that stands out? Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> no, you guys are going to make me talk no. about that. I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> it's, 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 well, I can lead off if need yeah, be. Yeah, go ahead. Go well, ahead. Because I want to think of something else. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking about it because someone came up to me last week and said, man, I really enjoyed the podcast last week. And, mm. and part of it was because we had Jeff's testimony yeah. about seeing what someone else couldn't see and knowing that God was in charge, just like trusting that EMT. And if you missed right. that episode, please do go back and listen to it. It was, it was really amazing. And I thought this week, what if we could just come up with something from each of us real quick that has impacted us? And Heather and I were talking about some friends of hers that having some marital problems and, you know, we've had our ups and downs just like any relationship. But then we started discussing about when we met. I had been recently divorced but separated for a while. She'd been in a long-term relationship that just was up and down, up and down. And we both knew that we were like, just we just we just wanted to have nothing to do with a relationship. Just let me be single. I'm done. Maybe never again, but you know who knows. But just for now, please, God, no more. And then a chance meeting through church of all places. For if you knew me at that time, you'd go, "What? How did church play into that?" And how that situation has brought us, not for just good times for the last 19 years, predominantly really good times, but, you know, there's ups and downs, there's anxiety, there's things outside of our control that impact us. We've changed over that time. We're not the same people. And how we've just chosen to be together each and every day throughout this. And God has brought us through all those things. He brought us through the relationships and brought us together when we didn't want it. Mm. But he made us fall in love, and you know, from our first unofficial date till we got married was five months and a day, <laughs> and in January it'll be nineteen years. So just being able to look at it and go, "Wow, I was in a messed up place, but look at how good this turned yeah. out!" And thank you, God. That's cool. That is cool. I was just reminded really, really quickly, and I know our time is up. Somebody came up to me and said, "How long have you been here at this church?" And I go, "Oh man, boy, probably. I think it's around twenty-five." Has it been that long? Yeah, about wow. 25 years. I go, you must be like the happiest pastor in the world. <laughs> he goes, I love this church, and I've only been here a year. All right. <laughs> so I thought that was a really, you know, yeah, it's true. I should really be joyful about just growing, you know, yeah. growing through this experience. So, well, so are, are you joyful? Yeah. You said I you am. should. Yeah. You said you should be. I don't yeah, know. Pretty, pretty, I'm right. pretty, pretty joyful. Okay, joyful. now we've got it on tape. Yeah. 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 Right. I, I know it's really crazy when you ask about joyful things and going through something and becoming out in joy. I immediately went to my dad's death. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Another funeral. Morbid McDonald. <laughs> um, no, but, <laughs> you know, I had a great dad, uh, unconditional love experience with with him. And he died very young. He died just before he was 65. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and as tragic as it was, it was easy not to get stuck there because 
of all the memories were such there was such joy in the memories oh, uh, and yeah. so I think sometimes we can we can use the positive histories with things to also yeah. to not get stuck where we are now yeah. uh, mm. and so just to be able to say, oh yeah, well sure dad's gone I, you know, I'll see him again but Boy, remember when we, you know, remember when we, and and all those great joyous times don't go away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's nothing like the power of good storytelling and personal testimony, and I was reminded of that this week through a conversation that was completely unexpected, unplanned, and met someone for the very first time, and what should have been a five-minute meet and greet and drop-off turned into an hour of theology, (laughs) church, and why storytelling is so important. So if you'd like to share a piece of your journey, we'd love to hear it. You can leave a voicemail or send a text, 407-965-1607, or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org, and be happy to tell your story like we just did, because I think that that's where we find our common ground and we find hope in that someone else went through something similar and made it out okay. Right. So our final thoughts are from Andy's message. He said, don't let anyone, especially yourself, steal your joy by taking yourself too seriously, by being too busy, or by worry. Instead, may the reality that Jesus the Savior has been born, lived a perfect life, died the perfect sacrifice, rose on the third day defeating death, ascended into heaven, and is going to return to set all things right. Let that fill you with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Upcoming this week, all of the fun and festivities continue with that favorite word of ours that starts with L. Well, yes, love is the subject this week, but also it's our Christmas music extravaganza of strings and choir, and mm. it'll be a great Sabbath to be connected to us. If you're not yeah. able to be in person, watch us online and yeah. come here if you can. And- you could just as easily do it from home, do it, because you know what? We need the seats this week. So, you know, if you're a, if you're a toes on no, the don't couch... Don't say that. No, 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 no. It is true. No. We have overflow here at the church, too. We'd be happy to find a place for you to see it. So, all right, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you, as always, Andy and Jeff and Tom, and a special thanks to Bobby Bennett for helping us enhance the audio here in the podcast this week. Thank you for everything that you do. And do join us again next Wednesday for episode 132. Thanks for listening and have a great week.